Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Say podcast, no idea what we are going to talk about this evening, what the main topic of conversation is going to be as Sunderland don't get the new manager bounce they're looking for. They get whatever it is to try to bounce has crashed through the floor. I should have scripted that and come up with something better, but I try to make it up. I try to make it up on the spot and it didn't quite work. Yeah, you're not Peter Drury, are you? <laughs> no, no, you haven't no. got scriptive things to say. Yeah, I've got scriptive things to say. I was going to say, let's be honest, let, let's not make out like that isn't scripted, the stuff he does. Oh, God. Um... He, do- he pretends it isn't. <laughs> yeah, I should have done Wins that. It popped, it, for it. It popped it in my head there, like as I was doing it. I was like, oh, there's got to be like an analogy about not getting a new manager bounce and like. A, be- a ball crashing through the floorboards or something, but I didn't. I could. I couldn't. I couldn't just do it on the spot. Uh, right. Anyway, we will talk about that. John and myself, Stephen Gosford. You just heard there. It's Gareth Parker. Evening. Good night. I've got one for you. So the, the dead cat bounce hasn't even come because the cat was already had nine lives. There you go. I haven't scripted. Oh, oh didn't Kristen like that? No, I'm, I'm, you that. didn't script that, did you, Gareth? <laughs> There you go. Guys, <laughs> we're gonna apologise for Gav's internet because it's. Uh, I think it's. I think it's a little lagging a little bit behind us. So, if it sounds like he's out of sync, uh, we've already uh, established before we start recording that he's having problems. So it's storm. Just... We've, we're blaming it on storm. Isha, Aisha, what what, what, oh, what we called us? Didn't know. Jocelyn. No, we never used the name Jocelyn, storms. Never used the name storms in this country. It's another. It's an, another Americanism that's. Uh, it's forced its way in, isn't it? Yeah. You used to just say it was windy. It is very windy. Yeah, it's kind of windy outside, isn't it? Now they're like a lot. Now they're called storms and given names. A lot of my garden furniture is in places it shouldn't be, which I haven't enjoyed. <laughs> but like Stephen's garden, it's not windy. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for it. Um, not that I uh, just no offense, by the way. I'm not being offensive to any of America, our American listeners, because I, I was looking at the stats again last week, and um, like ten percent of our audience are, are based in America, which I always find really interesting. Um, oh, really? Yeah. See you, and um, Los Angeles, in particular, has the uh, highest Ooh. within Los America. Angeles. Los wow. Angeles, exactly. Well, if how anyone many, wants us to do a live show in Hollywood. <laughs> well, we're open to it. Yeah, then, uh, with um, with New York a close, a close second. So, well, actually, I think what I was because I'm I want to go to New York. Actually, never been to America yet. Um, but it was like I think it said New York, and then it said Brooklyn underneath. Now, unless I'm mistaken, is in Brooklyn in New York? 
Yeah, it's one of the. I mean, Holly, Hollywood tells me it is. So uh, yeah. yeah, so like you've got Manhattan, then you've got the Brooklyn Bridge, which takes you to Brooklyn. So it's across the water, right. but it's still part of New York. Okay, well, I think collectively New York might be on top then because Brooklyn was listed separately in the in the stats for some reason. Anyway, digressing a lot here, but I'm sure hello there's a everybody. Guy. Hello everybody oh, so, over there. I was just going to say, I'm sure there's a guy who runs a bar in New York that's a Sunland fan. Oh, you, you certainly used to. I, I remember going over there and someone well, saying, "Oh, you should go." We have here, we have met some listeners. We have met listeners yeah. from New York before. We have uh, Elizabeth. Hey. Shout out, Elizabeth. Yeah, hi, Elizabeth. Very kindly offered um, her apartment to us and said, if you want to come and stay in New York, you can come and stay in our apartment. Isn't that kind? So thank you, Elizabeth, again. And however, we can't afford to all come to New <laughs> York because it costs thousands of Well, pounds. maybe if this guy gives us free beer and then the offer uh, of the free apartments on the table <laughs> still, then, you know, we'll... we'll just need to find a pilot who listens to the pod. <laughs> yeah, a pilot, yeah. If you have a private... If you have a private... Yeah. Um, yeah. Then please get in touch. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, and if you've got a taxi company, we could do the shuttle from the airport as well. All these little things. Yeah, we'll try and piece it all together. Right. Anyway, <laughs> try and stick to football, and that doesn't really work, does it? Um, if you want some like instant match reaction from the defeat uh, or from a Friday night against Hull, then go back and listen to the reaction pod where Eleanor and Mick um, give you their reaction in the pub afterwards. We're probably going to move it on a little bit from that, I think. Um, and just, where do we start? Um, Did you not enjoy it? <laughs> do you know, like, right, so, firstly, we, we did a Twitter poll, didn't we? Um, which, again, is not us trying to put out, push out our narrative for anybody that we just asked a question, because I, 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 I can't remember a reaction like this to a manager ever. It's it's ne- well, I can't remember it because it's never happened in my lifetime. And um, yes, social media amplifies things. So the reason we put a poll out just to ask if someone should get rid of the manager again wasn't even like you know our narrative or us pushing out anything. I was just interested because often the people who shout for this stuff, it's a, it's a vocal minority. So I just wondered, I wondered if uh, if that would be reflected in a poll, but. 3,700 votes, which is we normally get about a thousand in those polls that we put out. Um, and it was like 92 percent, I think, or 91 percent, 91, 91 narfish. Yeah, so. to see it to see it bail out, which is incredible. Um, I'm trying to like be, I keep telling myself here that I almost need to like. Off a balance a little bit, or try and be the voice of reason and say that if we were looking at another club and their fan base turned this quickly, would we be saying, "Come on, don't be ridiculous"? It's 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 six league games, but there's there's little things when you dig deeper, isn't there? The style of player, yeah, one thing. Well, Chris, I tell think us about the, tell us about the stat you came across today. People might have seen oh, yeah. it on socials. Yeah, well. I don't know how I came across it because the guy who tweeted blocked me, so I had to view it <laughs> off the wires. It's a long list not, as well. The, yeah, no, that doesn't really narrow it down. Um, no, but the guy who runs Statsbomb, who, who was a very unfortunate person to be blocked by because they do some really interesting stuff. Yeah, you, um, yeah, yeah but before you continue, how can you be blocked by somebody who runs a site about stats for fun? <laughs> because how? I, how How's I, that happen? I can tell you the exact moment. <laughs> do you remember when, tragically, uh, the first season in League One, 
when like Madge was banging them in and all the XG stuff was like, oh, someone aren't actually that good. Um, they're going to regress kind of thing. And I, he put that out and I said, well, does it take into account the fact that he's probably playing in a division he's too good for against goalkeepers who aren't as good as the average? And he didn't reply, but he kept arguing with other people. So I don't know, maybe I may have called him something perhaps i don't know it was friday night and uh so he he then blocked me and then somebody sent me his tweet the next day which said i blocked this guy for being a dick but it's actually a good question i was like well that's not really fair is it so um (laughs) but yes that's why i'm blocked from him but no what he put out which i think actually this was something i was going to say anyway even before i'd seen it i'm I'm glad that the data backs it up is he basically put out that um our xg4 so expected goals four has pretty much fallen off a cliff since we hired Michael Beale. It did not drop uh, in those couple of games under Mike Dodds. And then, but what it also shows is that our XG against has fallen a little bit under Michael Beale compared to Tony Mowbray. Now, to, me, to my mind, that you can see that in the eye test. I think we do look less open, but what we've sacrificed in exchange is basically any sort of attacking intent or enjoyment. I, I mean, Friday night was just just dour. I, I was on the way down to the game and I had said, like, I, I feel like we're, we play a lot slower. Um, and I think Friday was just that, like, on steroids. It was it was just dull. And, yeah. So, yes, yeah, so, I mean, the data backs it up, really, that we're, we're creating less. We are conceding fewer quality chances, but not by much. And the, the difference between how much we've dropped off on the attacking and how much we've improved in the defending is massively outweighing um, so yeah, and I think, but I don't. I know people go, well, I can see that with my own eyes. It, it's just nice to have it backed up. But I think anyone can see that with their own eyes. It's um, we just don't look like scoring. Like as soon, I don't know if, what you two were like, but as soon as they scored on Friday, I said to my dad, I went, well, that's it, that's game over. And he agreed, and everybody around us agreed because we we don't look like scoring. I think um, what the thing's been bugging me now is we come on after the Newcastle game and we. We talked about the players not being as brave on the ball as they could be. And I think we almost just put that down to nerves. I think I thought the players bottled it. And the evidence since then suggests that it's instructional almost because they're not yeah. they're not being brave on the ball anymore. They're not trying to get two on. Like under Mowbray, players would try and get two on one in any position possible. They would always try and double up on defenders and they'll be brave and it'll be little one touch, two touch football, but moving forward. And we kept a lot of the ball on Friday night. But I think Gareth's made a mention before about how it's almost like watching an under 23s game. And, and that's what it's like. Yeah. There's absolutely no. You know, people have had this ridiculous argument for ages saying, well, we could have Haaland in the team and we wouldn't. Um, we wouldn't be scoring goals, and I've always completely rubbished that. At the minute, that's the closest to that that we've ever been, um, because that was nonsense under a Mowbray team. Because him, as discussed many times, the amount of times we actually cut the ball back in the box, but there was none of that. We're not getting in the box yeah. at all anywhere, and we're not getting anywhere near it. Yeah, well, I think the the thing about like obviously they they constantly tell us. That it's, there's like a data-led approach and everything we do is led by data and that. But I, I mean, if that was the case, they wouldn't have sat Mobi when they did because although the results had dipped under Lyon, we, we all talked about it. Like, 
we were having chances, we just couldn't put them away. We didn't have anyone who was good enough to put them away. The, the problem now is, like what you just said there, Steve, we're not even really creating the chances. I mean, look, I, I didn't actually, on the balance of play, did we deserve to get beat on Friday? Probably not. No, but, I don't think we did, no. Yeah, but, but like, that, in a way, that's almost worse that... because... It, sorry, go, go on. <laughs> Again. Don't know if that recorded at all, Gareth, but I think we lost you again there. <laughs> um I think he was saying to deserve to win the game, maybe. I think I I did think this as well. I thought on one hand the defeat feels harsh, but again, cliche coming out. We could have played all night and we wouldn't have scored. No, we wouldn't. Hundred percent we wouldn't. And and I just I, I don't know, like I thought I'm not one of these people who thinks that like sticking to a front makes you more attacking. But I did think Friday night was like the prime game to give that a go. Like, put him here on, fair enough. But put him on alongside Rusin. Rusin is never going to be able to play up front on his own against decent sides. He's He just, he doesn't have like the presence, really. So why don't we put it, why don't we put someone alongside him and see see how they, how they go? I mean, opposition centre-halves must love playing against us. We must be the easiest team in the league for opposition centre-halves. Especially when the defenders we've got available surely suggest that we should be playing three at the back of the minute anyway. Because again, Sealed, right, like, he he, he he looks okay. He does a job for you there. It reminds me of when John O'Shea used to play a full-back. He, he does a job for you, but you were losing an attacking option when he gets the ball because he's just not going to draw. He's not going to, he's never going to beat a man. He's not going to yeah. drive forward or get in goal scoring positions or you know you you think about the way um Huggins in particular would maraud down that right hand side but even Hume to an extent so you just think if you're gonna play him play three centre halves and then you can get two up front by doing that go back to what we played that last season and did all right that's just the whole thing's a bit a bit mad but you know I went back I, I so I wanted to bring up, um, you know, the fact the fans have turned on Bill so quickly, and and what you've just said there, Chris, about the um, the football attacking football regressing so quickly. Now, I'm, I, I think XG is fine to use as a guideline. I don't pin, yeah, yeah, I think pin, you know, fair. pin everything on it. I'm not Craig Clark, no. um, <laughs> but I, I, it it does give a good indication, doesn't it, of 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 you know how many chances you create and how well you're playing. Um, so then you think, well, would they say, well, you know, we just need to give a time because we were too open and this and that. And I thought I would go, because there's so much talk about the model. So I thought I would go back to when this was first brought up and this term was first brought up by Christian Speakman. And that was uh, after the summer transfer window shut last season. So he spoke to Frankie um, and, and Danny on the club's official podcast. And it's definitely Christian Speakman who coins the term model. He does it multiple times um, in the interview. But actually, one interesting thing he said was that the model is driven by playing attacking football. Footballer will get fans through the door. So, again backing themselves into a corner further because they're actually saying the football is relevant. The attacking football is relevant. Let's go back to when Tony Mowbray um, was sacked and um, uh, the owner, not Speakman, actually said, um, 
the relentless demand for high performance culture <laughs> is to be implemented throughout the club and the development of a strong playing identity that UL supporters can be proud of. So similar to what we said and, and about the, them backing themselves in the corner when they just sacked Morbin in the first place because he was seventh and like three points off the playoffs a season after getting us into the playoffs. Um, and to add further context, Speakman's comment, uh, statement after Morbin was sacked said, we remain loyal to our ambition ambition and strategy. So that suggests they're not happy with where we were in the league table. So the two things there, us as fans yeah. can reasonably expect to be improved is league position and style of football. They've both gone backwards. So I thought that was interesting. Can you believe how much they've backed themselves in the corner and all of this? I've got more to share, but just get your reflection I, on that first. I think they just say what suits, really. Like... Last year, but they're on, we but they're on record now. No, that's saying, what I mean. Saying, you know, saying, saying that the style of football is important. It is part of the model. Yeah. They're on record of saying it. Yeah, it's just bollocks, really. Also, like it's they just say things like Mowbray. They they say like Mowbray got sacked because they want this high performance culture, which is possibly one of the worst phrases ever devised in the English language. And like we all know that Mowbray got the sack because he start speaking out against like the parameters he was working under. Now there's an argument that he knew what he got the job for. Fine. But he wasn't sacked because of like the reasons like you've just articulated there, Steve. He was sacked because he fell out with him. Like, I mean, I think six games is too early to sack a manager. But if they were like, if that was why they sacked Mowbray, Beal should be on pretty thin ice already because we have he's saying, gone... he's saying the same stuff as well. To be fair, yeah, and exactly, and it's like, well, I, I don't know. I I think that the the thing with the Mowbray thing is, and and bringing Beal in is if you're going to sack a guy, and like I know, like people have criticised the idea that everyone loved Mowbray. Not everyone loved him, but the vast majority people respected him at the very least, and quite a lot of people did like him, and quite clearly the playing squad liked him. We all know that 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 all the noise from inside the squad was that they like him, P- perhaps because he let the attacking players do what they wanted to do. I don't know, but the idea if you're going to sack someone like that, you have to go and get someone who's a clear upgrade, and this guy just isn't. Like it, I struggle to see how he turns this round. But even if he does improve, when they hired him, there was no way he was a clear upgrade, and all they've done, in a way. He doesn't help himself, but in a way, I, I do feel a bit sorry for him because it's kind of like he's on a hide into nothing anyway. We've got then all of this other stuff that's gone on in the background around the derby and everything else and the way the club treats supporters and the off-the-field stuff. And it's all... They basically managed to torpedo all of the goodwill that they had, which was quite a lot, in the space of five weeks. And it's it's basically like being a masterclass in how not to run a football club for the last five weeks. Yeah, and I think the final thing that um, points towards just their contradictions on this as well um, is that we know how highly thought of Dodds is as well as Mowbray in the club, and 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 <laughs> looking back, did a did a cracking job in the <laughs> in the games he actually uh, was interim manager for. Um, no, so we 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 knew that whoever was brought in was gonna be told to work with the coaching staff that already existed, Dodds, Proctor, and I, again, I think 
fans are comfortable with that. Like they are clearly a main driver behind this really good football that we've been watching because they're the guys who are coaching the players how to do it. Mowbray was quite hands off on the training ground. He decided that was the way he wanted to play. He would pass on his words of wisdom. He would set the tactics and stuff. But um, what you had with Michael Bale coming in was somebody who immediately told us all actually loved training and and it just didn't make sense to me that what they needed was to tweak the person at the top who would already take on board what the coaches were already doing. But then you've got a guy who seemingly wants to come in and just say, no, I'm going to lead all of the coaching now, which to me didn't seem like was what was needed. And the football, the change in what we're seeing on the pitch suggests he's changed it for the, for the, for the worse. It's just another contradiction to me. I'm confused. Gareth, have we got you back? I'll switch your phone. Does this work better? That sounds yeah. It's not yeah. You might have to so, boost your own or you might have to boost your audio when you when you're doing it at the end. But we're gonna hear. Um, that's better. Um, yeah. The funny thing for me is, I think with the comments regarding Beal generally on like when we're talking about um, the fact he's been here for not very long serving time or whatever. <clears throat> I touched on Chris's point and the point that's been made many a time is that if you the idea is you're gonna replace a manager with somebody better. Um it's not like we're twenty fourth in the league and we've had to make a change and we bring a manager in and you're expecting them to have a bit. It's gonna take a bit of time because you're not performing well. Um the squad's obviously not as capable as it should be, and it's going to take time to turn that around. I don't think you should be afforded so much time to get your ideas across or whatever um, when you are seventh in the league. The whole point is, if you, somebody's being removed, but when you're seventh in the league, the person you're bringing in is going to be able to maintain and improve upon that. Um, like initially maintain and then improve upon, which and we haven't seen an improvement. It's on Twitter, it's like, or X, if you want to call them that. You know, we, we, we've gone, all the good things about this team have been eradicated and all the bad things have been brought to the fore. Um, it's like, you know, you said as well, like, you know, you know, when you think about that Equa interview after the Southampton game, he's like, it's like, say we're your mates. And we have gone, it's like, the kids in the playground, the kids in detention, that's what it feels like. It's just like, <laughs> They're not enjoying it. Look fed up. They don't look like they enjoy playing with each other anymore. Um, getting frustrated with each other a lot more frequently. Um, it, it's just a bit of a mess, really, and it's all of our own creation. I was thinking, the you know, obviously on the back of the pod the other um, the other week uh, that. Richard did where they were kind of talking about feeling Tesco. Um, and I was just thinking about it like, has there ever been a time where a manager of someone would be going to a massive supermarket and just be ignored? Every manager who's the, who's been at Sunderland will always pass comment on the fact that Whenever they go out, they'll have somebody come up to them to tell them what they should be doing, 
how they should be doing it better. If they were the manager, what they'd be doing then, wishing them luck for the game at the weekend, congratulating them on the result if they've got a positive result the week before, all that kind of stuff. That somebody can go in, wander around. The manager of the football club can go in, wander around, and go out with complete with absolutely nobody bought like coming up and bothering them. Either says that nobody knows who the bloke is, or it says that nobody's particularly cares about what he's got to say. I think that's quite. I think that's quite a significant thing when you talk about you know the the city itself and what the football club is to the city and the fact that. I think that the manager, the manager of arguably the, the most important institution in the city, and the the, the main face of the that institution can just go completely. Yeah, I think. Do you, I think it ah. it speaks to the ambition or lack of that's been shown. Um, but look, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that I knew loads about him before I could, I knew he wasn't very well liked at Rangers and um obviously we've all seen like what the reaction has been but I just I to me they they've hired him on a what they've had around a two and a half year deal so that takes him up to the end of 25-26 and their stated aim is to get us promoted by the end of 25-26 so that must mean they think this is the guy for the job so I don't know I mean are they Obviously, as you've talked about, Stephen, there's a lot of people who want him out already. I mean, are they going to ride the storm out, or is this just going to be one of those where, you know, we trundle to the end of the season and then you get sacked in the autumn like Mowbray did? We all we all sat here a year ago and said the likelihood is Mowbray will get sacked in the autumn if they don't change, if they don't speed up the plan, basically, if they don't invest in a squad that can challenge for automatic promotion. And sure enough results dipped and he got the sack I mean is that I, I think that's the issue really. like, well, they talk about a long term plan is it like a really long term plan are they going to ride this out or is it actually just more of what we've seen over the last 10 years where it's a plan until enough people get pissed off and they go oh we'll get rid of him um, I don't know uh, I think Stephen just when you were talking there an interesting point which I think has gone under the radar is <laughs> With the backroom staff thing, obviously they promoted Dodds. Effectively, what they've done is they've they've kind of cut costs in like the staffing because we've got who was it was it was it Mark Venus was uh, Mowbray's guy. And obviously, I'm not I'm not sure what he did to be fair, but he was Mowbray's number two. I did often yeah. wonder what I did often wonder what he was doing to be fair. Yeah, but but they have they've cut a role basically, haven't they? And it's like, is that what all this? I mean. Well, the, ir- yeah, the irony of the irony, and that is that the, the the Dodds has been given this promotion in inverted commas, yeah. But his level of autonomy has probably been reduced. Yeah, that's that's what yeah. I'm saying because Beale is such a. a but do you not think it's weird manager. as well? Do you not think it's weird as well? Though, like, kind of forcing that backroom team on a new manager. Like, I, I guess that's maybe. I, the, I, the new I, way I do. I, I do get that. If the one, I, I do. If it's working, the, yeah, it's the, the annoying thing, isn't it? If it's working and you're playing in a certain way, and then you just—that's what I'm saying. And somebody like Mowbray just tweaks things, and decisions. I get that. I really get it, especially when we were generally playing well. There's been a bit of revisionism around Tony Mowbray and how popular he was with certain fans. Because a lot of people say, "Let's not rewrite history," and we wanted him out. And like, I'm—I'm I'm sorry, but 
I never I, I going to one match. I never heard any chance for him to be sacked. I never no. heard. I, I, as far as I'm aware, none of the other podcasts went against him. None of the fans. I, I can't remember anybody turning on him. We we didn't we didn't even get to do where we manager Paul on him, which is disappointing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's mostly like people online who oscillate between everything's amazing and everything's terrible. I think they've been mostly the people. Don't, don't get us wrong. There was there were some match going people who wanted to do the movie, but I think there was, a lot of it was just a bit of noise, really. Uh, I agree with you. It's certainly out of the last, uh, obviously Alex Neal's like an outlier on that because he left rather than we got rid. Um, but yeah, out of the last, as many managers as I, as I can remember, Mowbray was under the least pressure, pressure from the fan base. Um, yeah, for as long as I can remember, really. Um, I mean, the, the people yeah. keep on saying, like, I've, I've read it well. What about the Huddersfield game? Yeah, we were crap in Huddersfield game. It was a terrible game. Um, but it's like, oh, well, always that game was rubbish, so we should sack him. Right, okay, fair enough. Now we bring this guy in who's put in the, the performance of the team's put in as being, as being like the vast majority of performance has been on a level of the Huddersfield game. And then, you know, it just. There's honestly how I feel at the moment. We're basically the whole pattern until he's gone, because we're not going to get promoted under this guy, right? Or we're not going to get. I don't. We're not going to make the playoffs under this guy, um, and it's going to. It would. It kind of just feels like we're in like a, a period where we're just going to be. We're going to chug along until he gets sacked, and then we'll start again. And 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 the only way you would think how long, like how long is this going to go on for? And this is how we know how in we know how catching apathy is. <clears throat> We've seen it. We saw it in that. I'm not comparing it to the, the the championship relegation season, but you can see how quickly apathy can spread. And when people get disillusioned and apathetic, you know the biggest asset to, to the owners of this football club and supporters financially, they might not care about us from an emotional perspective. But they need us from a money perspective, um, and if that starts to dissipate, then what's their more? What's their point of motivation? I don't even know what the point of motivation is. I don't, I don't well, understand why people leap to the defense of billionaires on the internet or wherever. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's interesting is like the only, the only way they they 
because the style of football has changed that much, not changed that much, but it's not it's not the same front foot football it was. Keeping possession is not the same thing. So be, because it's be, yeah, so so because it's changed so much, the only way you could then get behind that as uh, like an owner or somebody who makes these calls is to then go and let him do what he wants in the transfer market to yeah. put his own to put his own stamp on the team and they're not going to do that and by the way I'm not condoning that they should do that because he is he is not somebody I would want to have that kind of power and control anyway so again like all of these things we're talking about just just confuse you as to why yeah the the this thought that this man was 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 the right one because they, they aren't going to do that so what he's left with now is not we're going to continue to buy this style of player and he obviously doesn't have the um the same idea that the Mowbray had and and, and Mowbray's ideas no. worked better with his squad than his does. So the again, they couldn't have backed themselves any more in O'Connor if they tried. It's unbelievable. I think part of the reason they've hired them and I could have come across significantly older than my years here, but it's a bit like Lee Johnson. Like it's just like this kind of management speak bollocks that they come out with. Like I've said it before, but if these people were in football, they'd be middle manager at a call center and they just like, I'm sorry, like, like it, it just feels like that's kind of the kind of people they go for. Like, let's be honest, Speakman is is one of them. Uh, I don't want to get into whether he's done a good, bad, indifferent job or anything, but he is. He comes out. I can't listen to him speak because it's just a lot of hot air. And Beale sounds like this. I mean, you've all seen him like putting Instagram stories of the latest management book he's reading and all this crap. And I, mean, I don't care about that. Like, just. Go and win some football games. That's all I'm all about. Lee Johnson was the same. I mean, Lee Johnson's now <laughs> running courses for people to to join him. I mean, that'll be a hoot. Um, but yeah, I think that's why. And I think like he speaks their language. But it these people are very. I don't know. They're like so far up their own ass. Like I, I just they seem to think. And it, it isn't. This isn't a. You know how you get the cliche about like you need to talk in like working to working class men and women and some and stuff like that in the northeast it's not that it's just that most of the time the people who go on like this are covering for the fact that they're just bluffers and unfortunately like i say six games not long enough really but unfortunately he's doing nothing to disprove that but i do think your point about the transfer window is really fair because i think in slight mitigation obviously things have definitely worsened both subjectively and objectively but i think Quite a few of the players are knackered. Like I look at, like Equa looks. He's been very poor recently, but he also looks shattered. Like Daniel has been excellent. He must be shattered. Like the with Bellingham. I mean, we're doing with Bellingham what we did with uh, Callum Doyle, and and I've never I've really seen it be more obvious that a player needs a bit of a rest, and and still he's not getting one, which is ridiculous, and. And then, like you say, Steve, I mean, we haven't done, we're, what, we're 22 days into January and you get all these people going, oh, business happens late in January. Well, yeah, it it doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't have to happen late in January. For example, we signed Tri Hume on the 4th of January. So it doesn't have to happen late. It's usually, there's usually a reason behind it. And usually it's either you haven't planned very well or you don't have any money and you're waiting for a loan to come in. So, and yeah, I just, we saw it last January. There was no, we all sat here and said, you know what? 
there's an opportunity here. We're in a weak league. There's an opportunity here that if they if they put someone into the squad, um, we might get promoted. And they didn't do it. Now this year, you could you could argue that there's less point in spending any money this January than last because the likelihood of us getting promoted this year is is pretty minimal now. I would say, but yeah, I just you don't get the vibe that there's any urgency about it. And like, and I think the, the concern is that the last transfer window now looks pretty awful. There's only one player who's playing regularly, and we've run him at the ground. All the rest of them have barely kicked a ball, and. So for all we've all we've all, despite the fact what some people say about this podcast, we've all praised the recruitment uh, over the last couple of years. But actually, the summer there's very little to praise. To be honest, I don't know if you two agree with that. Yeah, no, I definitely do, and it's interesting because again, listening back, this speak when talk about the model, he was saying um, that their plan twelve to twenty four months in advance, and they want players who they think can perform to a level higher than the club are already playing at. So that means last summer, playoff um, semi-finalists, you're looking at a player that can come straight in the team, not one who needs a lot of work, a lot of development. And because they're not good enough, frankly, aren't going to get the game time to, to develop like you would want them to. I wanted yeah. to read out some extra sure. things here when 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 he was talking about the model, just see what people think about this. So I mentioned that it's driven by playing attacking football, football to get fans through the door, off the feet. This is interesting. Quoting them here. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but I wrote the notes down when I was listening. Um, we cannot underestimate the value of Luke O'Nine, Danny Bart, Lyndon Gooch, and Corey Evans to this group of players. And then went on to speak about how, yes, you want a core um, group of young players, but actually you need those experienced players to get them through, which... I can't remember him saying that, so I was quite surprised when I heard of it. Two of those players have let leave now. Uh, sorry, Pritchard, he name dropped, he mentioned as well in that. So two have left. One seems like they've been trying to get rid of since the summer. So that, again, now he's on record actually saying that those players are important. So if you're letting all those players go, they need replacing. Um, the player recruitment was generally getting a balance between player development and performance. Um, so, you know interesting as well and then and then this bit on on the selling so there'll be times when a player might outgross and that's natural and sometimes you have to see the value in selling a player that's normal as long as you then reinvest that money back into the team so again this is him bullet pointing the model for us so that's going to be the next question isn't it about I'll tell you what's going to happen. Go- Go- Gooch is gone. Stewart's gone. Lahaji, the brothy. They actually went on record after Lahaji sold and said this will give us more adaptability in the transfer market or whatever it is. This was before Stewart was sold. So they 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 put themselves under pressure again. They're going to have to reinvest this money like that, like they've told us they will. Well, I think well, my sort of feeling on what's going to happen, they'll probably sell Pritchard. Um, and then say, well, we've got a deal, Ashish. And we need to give him an opportunity. We won't sign a striker, and they'll say, we need to give the strikers that we bought the opportunity to maximum maturation during their early period at the club or something. There's some, there'll be some bollocks like that, I would say. Um, and everyone will just be like, all right, okay, thanks, yeah, great. And that, that's what will happen, and then we'll move on to the next, the next bit. 
we'll probably sign a player we don't need in an area we don't need. We'll probably sign a fullback or something. Yeah, I know about injuries or whatever at the moment. But I was going to say, we'll, we could do with a left back, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, but we've still got Pembele, Hugo play there, Seals being playing there, or Nine should be able to play there. I'm just saying, we need desperately a defensive midfielder. We desperately need a striker who is ready to go. Um, and if they fail to do that yet again, I don't understand how any. I mean, in the summer, got slow of just saying the squad's weak. It was like, oh, how can you possibly say the squad's weak? Well, we sold our top scorer and our player of the season and didn't replace him like with anyone near qualified to fill their boots. So, how can anybody possibly say we lost Amar? I mean, that made us laugh in the week when I read Michael Beale's comments on Amar saying, well, you know, he's a excellent player, but like, is that the kind of player we need at the moment? What, the best player in the league? You don't want the best player in your league on your team. Yeah, but that's just him. That's him just admitting that we're not going to have him. That we're not going to get him. Do you know what I mean? No, it's like... Yeah, yeah. Why would... What kind of mentality drives you to the point where you don't... You're actively trying to sell one of your wingers. One of your other wingers who hasn't had for a goal all season is out injured for five weeks. You're playing a player who you signed as a central midfielder and has played as a number 10, a striker, a left winger, and a right winger on the right wing now because they've got three players. And you put the best player in the league. Mm, I'm sure if we'd ever want the best player in the league in our team because it's it's not, it's obviously they know better. They're, they're, that's a good idea to not have the best player in the league in the team. And it'll be explained as to why it's a good idea. Because we need to give um, a, a bar more games. Probably. So, so he can get good enough so he can sell him. Probably. I, I don't know. I'm just very cynical about this. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just well, I just think, you know, laughable. I, th- I know you said there that like they would say this stuff and people will accept it. I'm not sure that's the case anymore. Now, no, I think it's, it's selling, I think... selling, selling. I mean, at the minute, they are under so much pressure from the fan base. Letting Alex Pritchard leave and not replacing him with somebody else would be, I mean, yeah. talk about a nail hovering over a coffin. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. But that would, I mean, to be honest, Steve, like, that would probably confirm what I'm about to say that is increasingly my theory, which probably wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, that you said you were surprised that Speakman actually came out and said that about the experienced players. I was surprised. When you when you were relaying that there, because to me, that suggests that actually the reason they do what they're doing is is just money driven. Like it isn't, they're not looking at building a team. That they're basically going right. Well, these guys these are these guys are older. They're on a bit more money. We're going to get rid of them. Like I know that I the strategy's completely changed in the year since speaking to which I don't believe is the case. So to me, it just smacks of being money driven, um, which would explain, would and does explain a lot of what's going on around the club at the minute. Um, we we all said it, um, sustainability. I know Gareth doesn't agree on this, but like I have, in and of itself, I don't have a great problem with sustainability. Like if it if it's feasible, but it could also be a byword for being cheap about it, and increasingly it looks like that's what we're doing. I mean, I'm not, I'm not keep, against I'm, sustainability, but what? Why buy a football club if you want to run it like? No, I fully agree. What's the point? Like, what's the point? 
Well, this is fun. Business, it's like playing like business manager or something on like a computer. What's the point? <laughs> How fun is this? Do you know what I mean? But I think like, as well, do you know, I think as well, like what Steve was saying there about like kind of the reinvestment thing. We're already seeing people go, oh, well, actually, they, uh, they already they spent the steward money before we sold them. I'm like, oh. oh, it's winding me up that high. <laughs> even if that was true, then you you would have to either believe that we didn't have a transfer budget for the summer at all, because what was it at all, yeah. or that we had to sell Stuart, or we were in some sort of financial difficulty because like all oh, the money's already been spent, we need to, we need to get it back. And to me, it's it's just an excuse for not not spending any money. Like like don't get me wrong, they have they have spent some money on some fees, but they're not. I mean, and the other point is that really like what they've spent the money on hasn't been ready to go now. Like we've, we've got four strikers there who I reckon at a push, you, sorry, three strikers. We'll leave Burst on because he's alone. You've got three strikers who at a push might've cost around 4 million combined. I think it's a little bit less, but let's say it was 4 million. We're getting nothing out of that. We've got one goal in 28 games or something so far for that. Would we not have been better spending that on one player who's a bit yep. more ready to go? Yep. hundred percent. Hundred percent. This is where it gets mixed up. This is where it gets mixed up at times, isn't it? Like, why, why do people get so protective about like a billionaire's money? Why? Like, why are you bothered? Why are you bothered about Kevin Louis Dreyfus's money? Who cares? Well, he's not bothered about you, so I don't know why anyone. Why, why, <laughs> why are you bothered about? Why are you bothered about? Oh well, you better not spend any money. Uh oh. You only, only have three billion left if he spends a billion. Like I'm not, I'm not calling for that, but you know what I mean. It's like, why do you care? These yeah. people have got more money. Like at 26, Kevin Ravens have more money than like probably about half of the crowd at some of Leveran in a lifetime. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> and people are like, oh, should look after that. Mate. Don't buy, if you don't want to spend any money, and I'm not, I'm not saying we should be spending like 50, 60. 70 billion pounds on players and all that. If you if you're not if you're gonna if you're gonna run a football club, you should be you, the expert. Like I don't understand why you wouldn't expect to have to invest with your own money because otherwise there's no point buying one. Don't bother. Yeah. Well, it's, it's well it, just, a, it just it just suggests to want to put it on a certain level so it can be sold. That would be the only rationale yeah. for it. Yeah, I I don't think that's a million miles from where my thinking is now because I mean. Just it the sustainability thing, it it doesn't add up because if you were trying to be sustainable, you wouldn't have what's going on off the field. It, a sustainable club does not make it difficult for its supporters to spend money on it. Like it just it just doesn't make sense. Um and I think the thing is as well, it's a bit of a false economy because like okay, the idea apparently is like let's stay in this league for a bit and build up. But if you look at clubs that are in this league, they all lose an absolute fortune. And like Unfortunately, the longer you stay in this league, the less money you're going to get from the gate because people people aren't going to stick it. We're already seeing the gate drop. Like pe- people laughed audibly on Friday night when Rory read the attendance out <laughs> because people because they pissed people off and people like they forget that like and some people who comment online and stuff forget that like people have got long memories and people have seen this before. Like we were all there, like back in. Like under McCarthy, when the average gate was like twenty four thousand and that, 
And do you know what I mean? So people have seen this before and people will just not go, but they seem not to have realized that that's something that could potentially happen. The other thing as well is that like as much as, yeah, look, we have some like saleable assets in the squad. They're not going to be worth an absolute fortune if the team just plods around mid table in the championship for years on end. Not saying that's what's going to happen, but we saw two weeks ago what the, the gulf was between where we are and where the top of the, near the top of the Premier League is, it just, I, I get it. And it, it's a hard one because I'm not arguing that they should go and like spend an absolute, like what you were saying there, Gareth, I'm not arguing that they should go spend an absolute fortune because we have seen in the past what happens when you do that and get it wrong. But I just think, unfortunately, it's people seem to come down on the side of, if you're not all in on the sustainability thing, you're all in on spending recklessly. Yeah. Then there's, there can be a middle ground. Like eventually, they're gonna have we to don't like. Spend spec- we don't spend anything. I'm just saying, like we don't spend anything. We like if you want to like people on a hard back to like bad things that have happened. You know when you sign in Mark Wilson, Callum McManaman, and whoever else it was on transfer deadline day, and then you get relegated. Because you don't want to spend money anymore. Yeah, spending money, but spending money badly got us in opposition. Well, getting those players on the free didn't really do us any good either, did it? So it, it works both ways. It just said before, the recruitment team is supposed to be as amazing as they are and give them more money than what buying the players on the level of that, at that price. And then you don't have anything to worry about there. The risk is actually lower in spending the money than taking a chance on an unproven talent that may not have any return on your investment. So I would just, uh, I just, it's all a lot of box. The, the stuff that to, to say to people about this whole thing is just, just it gets on my nerves because I hate it when people take the piss out of you and sit there and tell you something and it's like gaslighting behaviour. Yeah, well, it. It'll be interesting, I think, because obviously we're all eagerly awaiting the minutes from this Red and White Army meeting last, what was it, Thursday, Thursday night? Now, I would bet that if they get drawn on the subject of obviously what happened with the Newcastle game, that they're going to say it wasn't financially oriented, in which case you have to ask, why on earth did they do it? I know know I'm kind of putting an argument in the mouths there, but I I can imagine that's probably what they're going to say. Because it was clearly financially oriented, but then we're going full circle, really. Because, like, okay, so we fleeced them for like 600 quid a ticket in the Black Cats bar and whatever else, but we're still not spending money. So, what was what was all that about? Like, <laughs> we're, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they're like siphoning money off, but yeah, when people are asked to stomach these things and put up with these things, like, you know, the season tickets got put up without a lot of people getting told and stuff like that, I think you're well within your rights to say, well, okay. But where's it going? Uh, especially when, like you said, Stephen, they've, they've said they're going to reinvest. And now, let's be fair, the club aren't making this argument, but some people are saying, oh, no, they've already spent that money. Well, well no, that's that's not what we've been told. We've been told that if they sell someone, it's going to get reinvested. So is it just because it's January? Are they going to spend in the summer? I don't know. But they just, also, it feels like they... They know, well, now is not the time to ask questions in the meeting about, Jan- about transfers because we're in January. Like, well, how often do you get the owner of the club in the room to ask them a question? Like, you don't. So you ask them the question when they're in the room because it's if you get what if you get to meet them in 
July next year. Well, we don't ask them about the summer window because um, it's it's in the summer now. There's nothing we can do about. We'll ask them before January. It's like it's not about January or the summer. It's just about the whole mm-hmm. strategy overall. And if it's as good as it should, if it's good as it's purported to be, then you know there should be no re- there's no excuse for the fact that we're a week in, a week away from the end of the transfer window and we're just nowhere near signing anybody really. Mm-hmm. Well, especially in the areas that one. Sorry, Chris, I keep interrupting you. Let's see what happens on that. But I mean, you know, I think just to round things off there, just everything we've said is on record now about this model, style of football. The statements after Mowbray was sacked to say that they expected improvement from seventh and that they would reinvest any sales back on the side. All that stuff's on record as being what the model is. So it's 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 failing at the moment and it might improve. Look, hopefully it does. So let's be fair, a lot of people have supported that as well. Like a lot of people are all in on this on the basis that the money does get reinvested. So you know, like I would like to think that if it isn't, then we start to see people who <laughs> are all in on it say, well, hang on, what's going on here? Like I say, it might not be the best time to discuss it because it's January and, yeah, there's an argument that the season's pretty much not gone, but, you know, that it, it would be a waste of money right now. But I do think, I don't know, they just go by what we said before. It feels like they say things when they're convenient and then the actions often don't follow. We're paying away. We renewed the contract of a player. It was not yeah, played. In battling, the yeah. Like a nice thing to do, but if everything's about money, why do we do it? Like I don't understand. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like Corey Evans, but like, come on, like, if, <laughs> when's he going to be back? April. And then I don't have the material. Kick the ball for us again. Just bizarre. I mean, I hope he's, I hope he's all right and all that comes back into the team, back the squad's available, all that. But like you say, it just kind of appears to just be happening. Indeed, right. Matt will be back later on in the week um, to look ahead to the Stoke game. At least Alex Nair is not the manager. That's uh, one thing we can all uh, be happy about because potential to really have your noses rubbed in it there. Right, okay. As always, thanks for listening. <laughs>Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.